This is the Head On Collision Podcast. So yeah, so I went to get a massage. And one of the only reasons why I decided to go in to get a massage was because uh, one of the guys I follow on Instagram, he's actually a hunter. And he's the he's that Josh Bomar. He does the bodybuilding and the hunting and all that jazz. He actually goes and gets massages and gets... Uh, Deep tissue work done, and he gets the uh, dry needling done, and the skin graphing, and all that jazz. He does it all. So he gets all that stuff done. So actually, yeah, I was very, I don't, I even hate telling people that I wouldn't get a massage, because I just think it's like, I don't know, I just think it's not me. <laughs> I, I just call it muscle work. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, no, absolutely. Deep I'm not, tissue work. I'm not getting, like, yeah. rubbed on with warm oil. Like, people are... Getting in there with fucking elbows and putting mm-hmm. in work to relieve impingements and other issues yeah, yeah, from training. Absolutely, for sure. So it's not a pleasant experience if they're doing it right. But anyway, so I went and saw that you were talking about you got recommended to go see Debbie Palmer over at Palmer Massage, right? Well, I was recommended to go see someone else, and then since she won't be in, she recommended yeah. me to go see Debbie. So yeah. So but anyway, I went and saw Angelo over there because uh, I know Debbie's booked so far back, um, but Angelo. Helped me out, and my wife went and got a prenatal massage as well um, while we were doing it. And so, anyway, went and got some muscle work done. And he deals with a lot of big athletes and did a really good job. I mean, he he uh, helped me out with my traps, being so tight. Um, my traps have just been ridiculously tight since high school. I mean, uh, a lot of hand cling and a lot of upper cross and all that jazz. And he, we talked for a long time, actually. We talked during the whole thing, and he's a pretty interesting dude. Um, he uh, he used to be a manager at a at a 24-hour fitness, I think he told me. Um, he used to manage over there until one day he couldn't take it anymore, and he just literally walked out. And they called him, and they were like, aren't you coming to work today? And he said, nope, I cleaned out my locker, I'm done. And he was, he was completely done with it. And he actually decided to go to school, and uh, he was... He did software stuff, so we got talking about that. And actually, honestly, like, probably one of the best connections that I, like, it was worth how much I paid for the, you know, to have the deep tissue work done just for the fact that I met that dude. Like, because he's going to be huge in the future for myself with software development stuff, but then also just for, like, he knows so many people. So it's just one of those connect contacts you really want to have. So... Um, he gave me a lot of advice and a lot of good stuff, and we exchanged phone numbers and all that jazz. So if I need something, I can give him a call. So, that was beautiful. Yeah, so there was this really well. one therapist, Matt, back at my brother used to manage a couple of massage envies. And there was one therapist that was like head and shoulders above the rest. His name was Matt. And when he worked there, like we had all go in. He understood the body, like, Deeper than most people. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people that, like, just were bad. Because he would have to... Te- he'd test the therapist, too. Like, they're supposed to, like, go through and explain their style. And, like, just the hiring process. Yeah, absolutely. And when he hired him, he's like, TJ, you got to go see this guy. <laughs> I'm like, all right. So, went in super intelligent. Like, and he'd be talking to us that he'd be doing some trigger point work some like uh, just 
active release therapy. Like, he was just doing all this stuff and explaining to me why. And he's like, oh, you might feel a weird sensation, like, on the other side of my body down here. I'm like, what? He's like, <coughs> what? Yeah. Shit. Like, how does that connect to there? He's like, and he, he actually explained it. I'm like, all right. So I was getting, when I was taking care of myself the most, I was getting two massages a month and adjusted once a week, mm-hmm. which is, that's pretty ideal. No, absolutely, for sure. We, uh, like I said, that was my first one. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, I've actually, like, I don't know, it's weird. It's been something that I wouldn't consider, like, I've never been the guy to like want to get a massage or get that stuff done. I know I've always needed one and I've thought about getting one, but basically I hit kind of what we were talking about earlier is like my tipping point where it just keep got it keep it kept getting worse and worse like constantly. It was like nonstop pain in every area of my body. It felt like I never got a chance to like relax anymore. I was so tense everywhere and Causing other issues too. Um, I haven't felt any more pain in the back of my head at all. And like literally, that was probably the worst part was I'd get really nasty muscle pain in the back of my scalp, dude. Like it's not even a stretch so far up my neck. It was in the back of my scalp. And it was just so terrible and I couldn't stand it anymore. So I, you know, you take the lacrosse ball or the trigger point ball and you rub it against the wall and... It just That's doesn't. It just doesn't do it very well. So he was messing around. He got into those muscles. He did a lot of my neck, a lot of my traps, and upper back, and then he did a lot of uh, those couple uh, lateral muscles that are right on the outside of your spine. <clears throat> he was like, "There's three in here, and you'll feel them each." And he touched them. And they were super tight, and he worked them out. Um, and then, like I said, he was he was pinching down on my traps, and he was like. He was like, is this too much pressure? I'm squeezing pretty hard. And I was like, nope, I hardly feel anything, actually. And he was like, really? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, it's pretty bad. So he uh, he got to really crank down on me, especially in the in my traps. And uh, probably a pretty good forearm workout for him because he was squeezing pretty damn hard and I couldn't hardly feel it. So, um, But yeah, that relieved a ton of pressure. And I got out of there and just had that euphoric feeling, you know, after you get tissue work done and... Uh, having all that release so it felt really good but that was a definitely a good experience for me but i actually think i'm going back in for before i go on our bow hunt to new mexico i think i'm going to go back in um, and have them work on my back again because i'm basically so i bought a whole bunch of new stuff for my bow had to get new arrows had to get new a new sight and all that jazz so that means that i have to spend a lot of time to recite everything in and get everything where i need it to be right so, I have been literally shooting yesterday. I probably ran, and it's a 70 pound pole. Like, it's a pretty heavy pole, like the day you shot. I ran probably about, I would say, anywhere from 60 to 75 arrows through my bow yesterday. Holy. Yeah. That, that's by far the most you've shot in a long time. Oh, yeah. At one time, absolutely. Because I got new arrows and I got six of them. So I've got six arrows I can shoot before I have to go back out there and grab them all. <laughs> so I shoot. I would shoot. shoot I saw, shot six at um, ten yards just to see where I was at, and then I readjusted my bow, shot six more, and got it pretty much dead on by the time those six were gone. And then I shot about two rounds at twenty. And then I shot about two rounds at thirty. So if you take twelve times. Three, that's 36 before I even start shooting for distance. So then I shoot six 
I shoot 12 at 40 and 50, and then I shoot 10 at 60. So that's just, I mean, that's ridiculous. Let's see, 12 times five, which is uh, what, 50, oh, 60. 12 times five, 60 rounds right there just at, before I started shooting at 60 yards, and then at 60 yards I threw another 10 on there. So 70 shots yesterday. And that's, that's heavy, I mean, it's basically like doing, if you were standing, I'm trying to think of a comparable exercise, if you were standing on the, uh, let's see, the adjustable, like, uh, the cable machine, basically the adjustable cable machine, you put it right at chest height, and you put, you know, any kind of a grip on there, I mean, any kind of a grip, um, and then you pulled straight back and did a single arm row. That's all it is, basically. So, on my old Instagram, mm -hmm. I used to do that with the, you know about the woman I told you about. Yep. Someone I was used to see, and literally, we were training back one day, and it was like her favorite movement. She had a freaky back. So, we were doing it, and it was literally virtually that. It was kind of like a high pole, but it was like just about chest height, and you just yep. supernate as you go, and... It was a great movement for it's, back. It's very comparable. I mean, you just basically take it straight. You basically pull up, start up front, and you pull straight back, and you basically lock it in, and it's basically just a contraction right there. And your left side's pretty contracted, too, because it's, I mean, you really, when you're thinking about pulling back a bow and arrow, you think about only using your right hand to do the work, but your left hand does just the majority of the work as well. But So basically, I did 70 of those, 70 reps of those, about 70 pounds. So if you took 70 pounds and you did it 70 times, that's what I feel like this morning. So moral of the story is I'm going to go back in and probably get a massage right before I uh, go on the hunt because I'm going to be basically, I'm going to try to shoot. I didn't get in this morning because yesterday was pretty rough, but from here on out, I'm going to try to throw at least 40 to 50 rounds on every single day from now until the hunt. So it's impressive. Got to have to be confident. I mean, if you can shoot, if I can shoot 50 arrows and hit, you know, basically the area of a paper plate at 60 yards every day, then shooting one at an animal that's gigantic, that I'm shaky, that I'm nervous, that it's like huge adrenaline rush, then hopefully I'll have a chance to land that. So that's basically what you got to do, but... Then I can buy meat from you. Yeah. <laughs> that's the whole goal. I'm, yeah. su I'm supporting the cause so I can buy meat from you. Yes, I I'll, I'll give you some, I'll give you some meat. <sighs> I don't care Can't if it's sell like it. ground up calf. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, no. I mean, we're gonna we're it's gonna be some nice stuff. But um, yeah, no, I'm excited for it, and we put in a lot of work for it all. But sounds like we got a lot of good questions from the podcast in, and uh, some good stuff to talk about through uh, like DNA stuff as well, right? Yep. So we actually got my brother's DNA test results sent to our email to kind of go over. Which, obviously, if anyone's heard of the 23andMe, there's way too much in there to go over all the stuff. But we were looking it over a little bit before the podcast, and we're going to touch on some of the uh, basic stuff, just kind of more of the ones we deem important and that we'd be able to convey and people would be under able to understand. There's a lot on there that I don't understand. I don't know about Clayton, but maybe he's a yeah. neurosurgeon or something. <laughs> no. But <laughs> no, there's a there's a bunch of stuff, a bunch of numbers and letters basically on the strands of each DNA and the gene type, and that's 
pretty advanced. Um, so I'm not gonna, I mean, it'd be pretty easy for me to, to, for anybody to hop on Google and search them up and get a pretty good understanding on all of them. But we'll read off the gene just for the heck of it. <laughs> for anybody who's interested. But the biggest thing we're going to go over, they have a little status section and basically what's going to affect. And we're just going to basically scroll through and kind of pick and choose some of the ones that we see important because you, like you said, it's very comprehensive and that is what it's called, the comprehensive report that he sent us. So very, very in-depth and it has a lot of words that are big and um, that we don't fully understand, unfortunately, with our with our uh, education. <laughs> so my, my limited vocabulary. Yeah, but um, for the most part, yeah, they got some good stuff through here. I mean, the first thing that I see, the some of the good ones I see, they have... Uh, uh, one in here, the gene is the FTO gene, and it basically states that saturated fat may have a negative effect on blood glucose and insulin levels. Um, that's pretty basic for everybody, I'd say, but um, it's nice to see. Obviously, they highlight that. Um, and then they have in the, a little bit of the more uh, information. They have basically um, one of the highlighted parts that they have. is It's associated with a, an increased obesity risk. So what would you just add a kind of the basic stuff that we can pull from there? So basically his body isn't going to use that fat source as fuel as efficiently as other, other people. Mm -hmm. So there's a process to convert obviously carbs into glucose, but there's a process to convert protein into glucose and there's a process to convert fat into glucose. So if you can't efficiently use any of those sources or you have sufficient protein, so your body can already max out on the amino acid it needs for normal function, then it will convert any excess back into glucose as your main energy source. So, this is why he had a horrible response to keto. I love keto. He tried doing it, and uh, saturated fat, and I believe trans fats, mm -hmm. both of them, he doesn't respond well to, so that knocks out everything that you can eat on a ketogenic diet. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, if you're going to get into the actual range where your fat needs to be to be in a real on a real keto diet, you just you need those sources and if his body doesn't use them well, he literally gained fat uh doing like bulletproof coffees with coconut oil and ghee in his coffee, like yeah. literally put on fat. If I when I go back into ketosis, I'll get shredded and Three weeks, like yeah. lean mm -hmm. shit. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, for sure. I, some people do really well with it, others don't. It's very similar to like what, just as a basic standpoint, like a gluten allergy. People who eat gluten and can't really process it very well through their system, it's, I mean, basically their gut health goes to crap. <laughs> well, <laughs> they it, feel terrible. And like, it's super inflammatory. So. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They feel like they're always bloated they feel it in their joints they hurt i mean it's just it's it's crazy so very similar obviously he has a little bit of a high risk and i mean he can't process it according to this the report he can't process the uh, saturated fats nearly as well as other people he should be able to so that's just like i said as we're scrolling through that was one of the ones that i saw that i'd like to talk about um, and was there anything on other things on blood glucose because i actually tested his blood when i was back Yes, it says saturated fat will have a negative effect on his blood glucose, so if he's having it... So that means elevated. Yep. So if he... Obviously, and it gives a pretty good kind of a summary right here. Found in any kind of fatty beef, pork, butter, cheese, other dairy products, um, he doesn't use that well at all. Um, I think 
most everybody doesn't use dairy products very well. <laughs> I mean, I have my own personal standpoints on dairy products. I don't think anybody should be consuming dairy to, a, to an extent. But um, obviously it says this suggests that individuals that are high risk due to this uh, FTO gene may benefit from having a higher polyunsaturated fat intake and a lower saturated fat. So obviously fats that are found in any kind of fish oil pills, um, fatty fish, uh, like salmon and herring, and then also found in any kind of nuts. Um, if he doesn't digest or can't consume saturated fats very well, it's basically saying that he's going to have a lot better luck and with the, polyunsaturated. And that's high in avocados too, right? Yep, absolutely. That's like a huge one. Yeah, that's but the main one I remember. Basically your healthy fats compared to your unhealthy fats, so that's uh, that's basically what it is on a, on a basic standpoint. <laughs> but I mean, saturated fat and trans fats play their role in most people's hormone levels too. Yeah. Like a huge role. Yeah, no, absolutely. But then as you can see here as well, um, in the same gene, it implies that he has a possible increased risk for obesity and type two diabetes. So um, basically it says that the gene uh, the fat mass and obesity associated proteins, uh, well, the gene is fat mass and obesity, obesity associated. Um, it's the gene that has the major genetic risk factor for obesity. So this is showing high possibility for increased risk of uh, obesity and type 2 diabetes. Um, and it pretty much, I mean, it goes hand in hand with the high saturated fats. Um, but basically it's saying that does he eat a lot of high saturated fats right now? Because that's kind of what I'm getting off of this. Uh, he he fluctuates in what he does. He's been through phases of keto. He's been through phases of like higher protein, moderate fat, and then low carbs. And then he likes pizza and burgers <laughs> occasionally. Oh man, I can dig that for sure. No, absolutely. But <laughs> it kind of says... Um, Side note quick. Yeah. You see that pizza I ate for the first time in three years? I did see that. That looked pretty good, actually. Holy shit. In Minnesota? Dude, it's a Chicago franchise, like a Chicago what, restaurant. What was the name of it? I don't fucking know. They're opening up a new one Deliciousness? Here. Oh, yeah? It was called Deliciousness. I'm sure. <laughs> Literally, I haven't had pizza in like three years. That place was amazing. It was called... Go... Gordano's? Gordino's? Uh, uh, Giordano's. Holy shit. They're opening one in Omaha. Uh, it's going to be your favorite place. Yeah. <laughs> yep, they're actually opening one up here in Omaha. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, they put meth in your pizza. So oh, you, yeah. You'll be addicted. You're <laughs> Joyful pizza, meth addict. I'll try it. Honestly, you might be a little bit disappointed, but I have been going really low on the pizza. Really low on the pizza because it's just... Like one uh, every three years low? <laughs> no, not that low. Um, like, it used to be a weekly thing. Now it's turned into, like, an every other weekly thing. It's uh, it's one of those things where I kind of have to prepare for it now. It's like, uh, I don't know. I used That used to be my go-to cheat meal of all time. But I honestly, like... Like, I was talking about how people have issues with gluten. I have a huge issue with gluten. Didn't even know it until I stopped it. No, that looks amazing. I saw your snap. It looks fantastic but yeah no i've had a lot of issues with uh with uh gluten so i've been 
toning down on my pizza intake big time because it just kills my guts. I felt like the quality of that pizza was better than I remember, like, ingredient-wise. Oh, I can only imagine. I mean, it's a pizza. It's like an actual pizza place. Like, it's not a and I've pizza hut or I, a... <laughs> I've never had, like, an actual deep, deep dish. The thing is, like, four inches yeah. deep. And it doesn't have a lot of crusty... Like, people would think it's... No, it's like... Thin Barely crust. a regular thick, mm -hmm. a regular crust. Like I don't like super doughy pizzas. Yes, absolutely. It was perfect, and there was like three inches of toppings. And the one I I didn't eat the um, one with all the meat on it because yeah. pork and sausage and yeah. all kinds of other shit. But it looked good. It got decent reviews. I got the uh, vegetable, basically their vegetable pizza mm -hmm. minus black olives. With chicken added. Oh, nice. It was delicious. Yeah, that's not too shabby. And people like my pick more. So Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, that works out pretty well. But, see, we, uh, yeah, so we've been toning down on the pizza lately. I hope, I hope all the listeners aren't too upset. But, yeah, I kind of messed with my gut. But on the flip side, I know I've told you before we started, my workouts haven't been going too well. But my eating's been really well and my diet's been okay. So, actually, I'm kind of slimming up a little bit more than I was then than before so yeah still working out pretty well but um yeah back to this uh obviously eats a lot of pizza burgers that's kind of how we got off talk there but um it does it kind of looks like according to this guy that he, at the time he took the test he may have been really high uh, because it said that this specific gene if it's high it's directly associated with having High, satu high saturated fat and low polyunsaturated fat intake. I think he took this when he was doing keto. Oh, okay. And he was trying to figure yeah. out why it wasn't working. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that's probably a pretty good answer. <laughs> but um, that's a pretty good one. And then we have abnormal fat mat metabolism. So it looks like a gene called PPAR-alpha. Um, it's the master regulator of lipid metabolism, carbohydrate metabolism, and amino acid metabolism, and is activated by polyunsaturated fatty acids. So, um, it's highly found in brown adipose tissue, the liver, which brown adipose tissues the, the better. Yep, um, so that's the fat tissue that basically, um, it converts under cold with a lot of people, but mm -hmm. it's a fat mass. It's kind of your healthier fat mass because it actually burns more calories, too, yeah. itself. Because it, it's a better sustainable. It's like a more dense, real energy storage instead of like the fluffy. Like, if you ever did a scan, it's like the light-colored, like, puffy looks mm -hmm. like marshmallow mix yes. or whatever that marshmallow yeah, absolutely. crap is yeah no and that's what if i can remember correctly from our anatomy and physiology class and a lot of the dissections we did on some animals were um that we did dissections on were very big like there were a lot of especially everyone does the cat dissection there were a lot of cats that were fat and they had a lot of white tissue but then the especially the leaner cats who you could tell didn't get fed very well, they still had that brown adipose tissue around uh, organs, around any kind of area where they needed protection. So everybody has the brown adipose tissue, but obviously, especially when you're really lean, you still have it. But like you said, it's a lot more beneficial. It's their preferred adipose tissue to have over the white adipose, because white adipose is just complete fat storage and, I mean, fuel storage, but you don't really tap into those ever. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
but it's there for a reason, but a lot of people abuse that in this day and age. But, um, looks like a pretty good, that's a little good, uh, um, is kind of a statement, but it, like I was, I'll continue on. Highly found in brad, brown adipose tissue, the liver and to the lesser extent in the kidneys, skeletal muscle, heart, and small and large intestines. So it kind of goes over what I said. It kind of wraps around stuff for protective tissue and then also on the insides and stuff as well. But that's where it's at. Um, but his looks like um, basically this gene, what it's saying is the basic rundown is that he has abnormal fat metabolism. So this probably is exactly kind of what we were talking about earlier with how he's not able to really metabolize unsaturated fat nearly as well as polyunsaturated fats. So, but may cause these individuals to have a, a twofold higher risk of type 2 diabetes, increased levels of triglycerides, total cholesterols, LDL, and small dense LDL particles. So LDL, obviously, two kinds of cholesterol, your LDL and your HDL. LDL is, correct me if I'm wrong, that's the one you want to be that's higher, correct? I always flip these two around. Me too. I, I get it really bad. That's why I say correct me. So, <laughs> But uh, there's basically two kinds of cholesterol. There's LDL and there's HDL. One of them is higher, yeah. and you'll find a polyunsaturated fat, the kind that you want. Um, and it's a lot better for any kind of metabolism and probably what he has. And then also there's the one that you don't want high in, which is, uh, the vice versa of it. And I think TJ is looking it up right now, but, yeah. um, obviously that's the kind that you, uh, is associated with bad cholesterol or unhealthy cholesterol. So there's two different types and they go hand in hand with each other. So. Uh, honestly, um, people just say good or high or low cholesterol. You can have high cholesterol and have it be really, really healthy for you, and it's the way everybody should be. In the you know, so HDL is the quote unquote good. Okay, so HDL is the good, LDL is the bad. So, but it looks like um, you're gonna have kind of an increased. Uh, with this gene that's showing up, you have an increased risk of higher LDL cholesterol. Um, and it's an increased risk for non-fatal heart attack, especially when uh, saturated fat intake is higher than, un than, un than, unsaturated, than polyunsaturated fats. Sorry. So, um, basically, what this gene is saying is you'll have non-fatal non heart attacks are a little bit more... I mean, prominent, they can show up a little bit more when you take, and that's kind of what we're saying between there's a good and a bad cholesterol. Um, when obviously higher in the low LDL, um, you're gonna have more uh, chances of heart issues and cardiovascular, um, which we actually have more on another gene that shows that he has cardiovascular chances of unhealthy cardiovascular events that could happen if he doesn't watch it. So kind of goes all hand in hand with what we talked about before obviously it looks like this test is really showing that unsaturated fats are really bad for them so <laughs> yeah but and in there i think it's trans fat somewhere too so even like coconut oil which everyone is like oh it's amazing for you it's amazing for you which for most people it's pretty healthy but he doesn't respond well to it at all oh yeah absolutely and i don't know if it was this test or another test but he also um I think we have a login for his other test where it goes over uh, what training styles he responds best to. So, and that would be a huge one to uh, to go over as well. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's a pretty good test. I mean, it goes into really, like we said, the biggest thing is it goes really into um, uh, in depth and uh, some really big things. So we're just kind of hitting, basically, we're trying to dumb it down for everybody so they can understand what we're saying <laughs> for the most part. But um, this is a pretty good one um, that I saw. Uh, it's the one of the genes is a precursor to the to a neurotransmitter um, acetylcholine, which has a huge roles in REM sleep. Um, so, looks like based on the fatty acids that he's intaking. Um, I cannot see this from where I'm sitting. No, you're fine. So basically, it's looking like this guy right here. Uh, one of a, one of the genes, FADS1, <clears throat> associated with playing a role in promoting REM sleep. Um, and it's basically saying, I believe it's telling him right here that his, uh, his levels are actually pretty good. But it also can have an effect to Alzheimer's disease and uh, memory deficits. So, but it looks like, uh, I don't know how his sleep is. Do you know, has he talked to you much about how his sleep has been? So, before he... Sleep used to suck, but he became a lot more conscious of it after our sleep podcast and obviously a lot of other information out there about how important sleep is. So he's getting better at it than he used to be. Gotcha. Because I think right here it's saying that based on the fatty acids that he is taking, it is helping him with the sleep maybe a little bit. But like as you long said, as he, he was eats doing... the right sources of yeah, fat. Yeah, absolutely. So like you were saying though, he did this during keto, so his fat intake was really high. So I think a lot of the stuff that we're saying here is going to be basically all on um, fatty acids. But a lot of really good information through here. I mean, that would be definitely something that I'd like to do here soon in the future is just to look at my own. Um, got a couple more on abnormal fat, uh, metabolism, uh, obesity risk, decreased in thermogenesis. A couple that may increase lifespan. And then uh, here's the one, slight risk, increased risk for cardiovascular disease. Um, and it's a basically, honestly, looking through this one, I probably wouldn't be able to dumb that down at all because it's pretty advanced for, for myself. When he says advanced, there was more numbers than letters in the paragraph. Yes, genotype RS69222269A. <laughs> semicolon G so <laughs> I'm not gonna go over that um, but pretty cool stuff like I said normal lifespan and increased risk of certain disease uh, another may increase lifespan a couple of them um, and then slightly lower risk of macular degeneration so pretty cool stuff um, uh, back to the cholesterol quick uh, just on a side note yeah uh, people don't know how important cholesterol is for hormones it's your body needs cholesterol to transport all sex hormones in the body. Yep. So if you don't have adequate cholesterol, it's going to affect all your sex hormones too. So people's test levels might be normal, but they could lose sex drive if they don't understand they have to take in dietary like, cholesterols. Yeah, no, so absolutely. So people avoid eggs and all this crazy shit when they shouldn't be. Because it plays a role in so many functions in the body. Yeah, absolutely. Basically, why taking a basic fish oil is so recommended throughout throughout any kind of 
um, for several different reasons, but basically any kind of nutrition or health program or just basic knowledge, fish oil is so widely known and so widely used. So huge, um, obviously huge in the transportation of any kind of hormone, but... What does it say about vitamin D? Um, there was a couple on vitamin D. It looked like there was one that said, um, there's this one says no genetic risk for vitamin D, but then I also saw, or I think I saw another one that was very similar. Vitamin D deficit may, uh, won't cause any issues. So, um, which is kind of weird. weird, I would say, especially cause he's up in Minnesota, right? Yeah. So he's deficient six months out of the year. He's been taking the vitamin D for... That's probably one of the yeah. first supplements he added in. Okay, yeah. So he may have been on vitamin D at the time when he was taking it. But yeah, for the most part, some good stuff. Um, uh, yeah, there was quite a few interesting things in there. I've looked at this a few different times. Yeah, but there's another one that breaks down uh, what training style he responds best to. And it was pretty cool. He adjusted, like, rep range intensity and made it kind of tailored it to the test. And he's seen a lot of results. And then I also put him on a uh, strength and power program recently. And he's increasing like crazy right now. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, so obviously some beneficial stuff through here. But obviously if you want to know... um, Basically, if you want to know kind of where you sit in your DNA and how everything plays out, um, obviously there's a couple factors like what you're currently consuming and eating. But um, for the most part, um, pretty good, pretty good stuff. I mean, it definitely highlights some stuff that could be big risks for them, and then kind of subsides any other. One last takeaway from here is, uh, what was that gene called that shows that he doesn't respond well to the fats? The- Two types of fats. Pretty sure that was because that's probably the main. That was the main thing he found out in this test. Probably was FTO. FTO. The FTO gene was uh, was the one basically that talked about any kind of cardiovascular fats, whether it be polyunsaturated or unsaturated. So those were the big ones. Perfect. I might dig deeper into that too. Yeah, absolutely. To what Especially with you and all your keto as well. That's something that you probably want to keep up. Yeah, I knew there was a small percentage of people that didn't respond well to it, but it's just funny that it was him. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, so we want to kind of hit up that on, on a little bit because he sent that over to us, so we talked up a little bit about that. But biggest takeaways is you get a lot of information out of this. A lot of it's pretty advanced too as well, but I think, like you said on the other one, a little bit more pertained to... Uh, lifting styles as well, um, kind of what he has on his other one, which we might we might talk about soon. Yeah. But um, got a couple more questions that came in um, from a couple other people, right? Yep. So we have we're going to discuss branched chain amino acids versus essential amino acids, uh, loose skin and weight loss. So people that lost a lot of weight and deal with the loose skin or the lack of skin elasticity. Uh, touch on that a little bit. And then if we have time, we had more questions about digestion. Somebody that had like Crohn's or real irritable bowel syndrome. Little tips and tricks on supplements that most people can add in very safely that could benefit them. And then kind of my thoughts on what the first couple steps they should take on that is to try to help minimize the symptoms at least. Yeah, absolutely. But did you want to start with 
amino acids or the loose skin? Uh, we can. I think we can touch on BCAAs real fast and essentials because I think that's uh, a lot of people right now are <laughs> um, have a lot of questions on. It seems like it's almost like a, a pick your side and battle it out kind of a deal right now. It so is in the industry. Um, yeah, so many people going back and forth. I obviously there's the thinking that BCAs have been around for a long time and they work and everyone's used them and there's no reason to think they don't work. Um, but then there's these new thinking and new studies that are coming out that basically say um, that BCAs are not working the correct way that we want them to, and a lot of studies that show that they have no effect at all. Um, so that's kind of raised a lot of issues. But so this is kind of brought up this essential amino acids, which all basically all the studies that say BCAs are crap are saying EAAs are working. So. What are the biggest difference, going to the biggest difference between the two, BCAA and EAA, and what they are? So, there's nine essential amino acids, which means amino acids our bodies don't produce naturally, that we have to supplement, whether it's eating protein or whatever the case is, we have to ingest them for them to be present. Where uh, essential amino acids cover all nine of those, in at least some capacity, have some amount of them. Branched-chain amino acids narrow it down to just leucine, isoleucine, and valine. Leucine being the most studied for a while where they were trying to figure out if it really affected mTOR as much as they thought it did. Now a lot of those studies are coming back around with time behind them saying it doesn't increase mTOR nearly as much as they thought, which mTOR is protein synthesis. But they have shown it still has benefit to prevent muscle protein breakdown. So in a calorie deficit, a lot of people would be drinking amino acids during steady-state cardio when they're trying to really burn fat. Like mm -hmm. when it shows, it shows a benefit in like reducing the muscle mass that you burn in those sessions. Obviously, not much. It's statistical yeah. amounts. But... That versus essential amino acids. Essential amino acids both have shown to preserve more lean muscle mass and actually increase mTOR, which increases protein synthesis, where they've shown actual muscle increase based on essential amino acids. So the biggest difference is you're looking at just leucine, isoleucine, and valine versus those three plus the other six amino acids that are essential for people to ingest in some yep. sorts, protein, supplements like this. So basically it breaks down, they're very similar in price. You're going to have lower leucine in your essential amino acids, but you're going to have all the amino acids needed to actually trigger the response you want from a branch chain product gotcha. to increase recovery. So most branch chains show very little to no benefit in actually increasing recovery time where essential amino acids do. That's pretty much all yeah. I have to cover on that one. No, absolutely, for sure. So that's kind of basically, like we said, there's a lot of studies coming out that BCAs aren't working nearly as well as they should, um, or the claims are, and then they basically supplement with saying, well, essential amino acids work way better. So um, kind of take it with a grain of salt. I mean, take your own take on it, but we just kind of gave you the knowledge that, <laughs> I mean, it's true and it's out there, but um, you are you only take amino essentials, right? Yep, it's. I've been only taking essentials for quite a while now. It seems like 
Yeah, no, Which actually. Which sucks because there's a lot of supplement stores that don't even carry any essential amino acids. Yeah, it's kind of hard to find, actually. Um, I know you can order a bunch of them online. It's where my go-to is for any of those. But, um, yeah, but this is the same guy I always talk about, that Michael Morelli, who I did the diet through and lost a lot of weight. He's been uh, he's been preaching that since like day one, so he's been he's been on that pretty heavily. So it's a it's definitely a good topic, but um, just to kind of set everybody straight and kind of our own opinion, um, essential amino acids definitely by far above and beyond uh, BCAAs. So um, if you're taking one right now, uh, a BCAA, and you want to switch over, then just give it a try, see what you think. But that's kind of the nuts and bolts behind it. But uh, so what was uh, we had a question on digestion. Yep, so basically, I've talked to somebody that has um, issues with like Crohn's or irritable bowel syndrome, which a lot of those, they have a lot of symptoms, but they break down to their inflammatory, there's an inflammatory response in some part of the digestive system. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of things that you can look up and honestly get overlooked in all these. A lot of people run to straight to like a probiotic that's actually generally not the best place to go at first like at all so for like Crohn's or a lot of those similar there's like three issues that are very similar symptom wise to that but just irritable bowel inflammation of the digestive system mm. uh, one big thing most people should try doing is uh, an extended fast at least 24 hours give it time to for the inflammation to settle and then you want to get away from some of your more inflammatory foods so a lot of people they'll respond horribly to gluten and get mm -hmm. pain and bloating like you gotta identify what you respond the worst to most of it's gonna be carbs you're gonna want to lower your carb intake especially your processed carbs but that's not the most well it's important but what I was gonna talk about is the supplement side of things all people can after they do the fast, how they can continue making progress. One of the biggest things that is overlooked for digestive health or those uh, issues mainly is glutamine. Glutamine is so overlooked in a lot of aspects now because they've proven it. Even though it's an abundant amino acid in the body, does nothing for recovery. Like they've shown study after study, mm -hmm. it kind of fell off the face of the earth. I don't even know if you can buy glutamine in most places. <laughs> but it's kind of like... What ha what's happening in the branch chains. Yeah. All the studies are coming out. Like, oh, all these things that you've been investing a ton of money in for years. Doesn't artificial. work. <laughs> yeah. But with that being said, glutamine, pretty damn cheap. Worth adding in. So it will lower inflammation markers. It just does a lot of good things for gut health. And it almost works as like a coating too in the stomach lining. So I would add that in. At pretty high doses, probably 10 plus grams, yeah, just because it's pretty cheap. And then another thing is uh, aloe, actually, just as more of its soothing effect than anything. But the main one that people want to do is they want to do an extended fast, at least 24 hours, which I actually did a 24 hour fast this weekend, and then uh, add in. A good amount of glucosamine and it doesn't have to be the sustamine or transanoglutamine mm -hmm. because it like you want it in the digestive system where it was proven that most of 
glutamine got trapped in the digestive system unless it was the transanaerobic system in glutamine. That's the only one that ever got to muscle fibers, period. But since you're just doing it for digestive health, I would just get your plain old, plain old L-glutamine and take it at pretty relatively high doses. Yeah. And potentially you could even do it towards the end of your fast. But one of the biggest things to get out ahead of it is fasting and potentially mitigating how much time your digestive system has to be working. So going down to an intermittent fasting approach for an extended period of time until your body can regenerate and deal with the issues that it's having, why it's having that inflammatory response. Yeah. But then you can go back to um, eating more regularly as long as you're cautious about your food choices. Yeah, and like you said, glutamine's obviously at the top, or not glutamine. Um, yeah. yeah, well, that's for supplementation, but um, glutamine's at the top of the list for supplementation, but any kind of... Uh, Anything that's high in the glycemic index, uh, you know, high glycemic foods should be avoided. Um, any kind of, I mean, I would say breads as a whole. Um, there's a time and place for some grains, but honestly, especially if you're dealing with any kind of yeah. uh, gut health, then you should try to avoid them totally, 100%. Um, so make sure you get, if you are going to do carbs, obviously, keto would probably be a wonderful option for anybody who's struggling with any kind of Crohn's. Yeah, because you want to lower inflammation markers. Absolutely. And that would and be one of the best ways yeah, to do it. Absolutely. So doing any kind of a keto diet would be ideal. But obviously, if you're not willing to go that route, eating healthier carbs. I mean, we're a, I'm a pretty big advocate of sweet potatoes. Um, and then also any kind of a, a, a healthier carb in that sense. Um, and trying to digest that um, would be a lot better for you as well. White rice, sweet potatoes, potatoes, and stuff like that. Um, but what about doing a... Uh, we talked a little bit about probiotics. Is that a huge one for people that have with Crohn's? Uh, generally, it's overdone at first. It can be a card you play down the road to uh, basically manage gut health long-term mm -hmm. once you get past the initial breaking through the symptoms, then most people should be taking a probiotic just as a health mm -hmm. protocol. But I don't think it's anything you should throw in right away to address any of these because it can potentially worsen some of them. Yep, gotcha. So I would use that down the road once you start mitigating the uh, inflammation and the actual signs or symptoms of any irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah, absolutely. And then I know a lot of people uh, personally who I know with Crohn's, they say CMD oil is actually pretty good. CBD oils. CBD, yeah. One of the most good. amazing things for inflammation, so you're just lowering inflammation. Yeah, absolutely. And they say it's huge for also, I mean, any kind of, um, obviously if you lower the inflammation, you're going to have less struggles with any kind of pain or issues like that. Honestly, so. it's good for so many things. We still, I still want to get that one woman on and talk specifically about CBD because they have so many benefits. Yeah. So many benefits. Absolutely. But, like, obviously, we talk inflammation, lowering inflammation with CBD oil is huge. Um, so anybody with Crohn's can mess around and experiment with that. It would probably be a huge help. But personally, I know people who take CBD oil for Crohn's, and they like it a lot. So Oh, it's probably one of the most, because literally it's an inflammation response in the digestive system. So first, got to give it a break, and you got to lower inflammation. Yep. Done and done. Fasting, CBD throw some glutamine in there, your doctor's going to why. I wonder why you're not taking all the pills they want you to take. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and a lot of the times, doctors 
create that issue. <laughs> but shit, there was a doctor thing that I just heard of. I was just talking to somebody the other day, and I'm like, holy shit! I'm like, this is why it's hard to listen to doctors sometimes. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was but, something crazy. I wish I could remember it right now for the podcast, but it was just like dumb, <laughs> just super dumb. Almost like almost as dumb as like people that get prescribed stuff for hypothyroid and they only tested thyroids and hormone. Yeah. That's it. If your doctor, if you have hypothyroid, they tested only thyroids and hormone and they're, yeah, TSH. Mm -hmm. And they want to put you on a drug for it before they identify anything to do with T4, T3, or reverse T3. They're dropping the ball hard. And once they put you on anything to start mimicking that stuff, it gets very difficult to get off of it and have proper function. Mm. Where it could be a simple deficiency that sl- stops. The, there's, if I remember right, there's like 19 between amino acids, minerals, and uh, micronutrients that are needed for the conversion of thyroid hormone to get into the active form T3 and attach to the receptor. So... If you're missing, you're super deficient in one of those in that process, that's where the it's going to lie, the issue. You're sending, a, like, if people are overweight, but they get their thyroid and hormone tested, and it comes back fine, their doctor's like, you don't have any issues, there could be still an issue, breakdown in the system, the conversions that slows it down. Thyroid and hormone has no, it has a link to calories burnt at rest, mm-hmm. The whole system, but it's not end all be all. It doesn't mean if you have good thyroid and hormone, you have good metabolic rate. It, there's a lot of discrepancy in between there. Most people's issues between T4 and T3, so inactive form of thyroid to the active form of thyroid. Yep, it's kind of like uh, when you were a kid and your mom told you to go clean your room and you just shoved everything underneath the bed instead of actually picking it up. There's a lot of things you can do to clean up the mess instead of just throwing or putting something over the top of it and saying, well, it's it's done, it's clean. <laughs> Taken care of. If for now, it's okay. It looks good. But then down the road, it's not going to fix much. You're going to have to redo it the right way eventually. So um, that's what a lot of us, uh, you know, doctors are doctors. They make a lot of money and they have a lot more education than we do. And uh, they know a lot more than we do. Um, but... A lot of the times it's like when you go in with a with an ache and they send you for an x-ray and an MRI and they're just like, well, we'll just blanket and blanket and do everything and see what it is. And uh, they don't really necessarily care about, you know, well, I'm, you know, 23 years old and I only have a couple hundred bucks to spend on this appointment. <laughs> so, but that's kind of what happens. Um, so just obviously make sure if you do go in with any kind of issues like that, make sure they're doing everything that they can testing wise um, and they're not blanketing you with a medication or something they can prescribe you um, rather than trying to fix what's right and look into natural supplements as well I mean some people benefit tremendously from it like don't even have to go in and see the doctor some people they don't so um, you might be somebody who can just take a couple supplements and fix something up change up your diet a little bit um, and fix the problem immediately so but obviously, take it with a grain of salt. Like we said, this is just our standpoint on it. But um, one of the biggest things 
that I think we're going to talk about and we'll talk about here in the last 10 minutes or so. Um, that's actually something that I'm glad we saved for the end because I think a lot of people struggle with this. Is we talk a lot about weight loss and weight loss journeys. We both had a pretty good weight loss journey. My little brother just had him on our last podcast talking about his own. Um, and anytime you lose a tremendous amount of weight, in a quick amount of time, I mean, you lose 60, like I said, 60, 80, 100 to 150 pounds within, you know, some people can do it within a month or two. Some people can do it within six months, a year, but anytime you lose it within a pretty good quick amount of time, um, you're going to deal with uh, loose skin and weight loss or with loose skin issues in your weight loss. And that's something that a lot of people don't talk about. Everyone talks about this quick weight loss and, oh, yeah, I did all this and did all that. And sitting here, especially listening to the podcast, you know, we can talk about, oh, yeah, I went from being 320 pounds to 215 pounds. And you, you probably think, you know, I was really big and fat. And then all of a sudden I got really skinny and was just fine. Um, but honestly, we all have that issue with loose skin. And, you know, pretty much all in the same areas, and my little brother included, he talks about his huge weight loss journey and going, especially in the little segment where he said he got into an unhealthy kind of weight loss pattern when he got down, when he was wrestling, and he got down to about 193 pounds. Um, I mean, basically from 215 to 193 was very unhealthy weight loss, and he lost a lot of muscle mass with it, and... I mean, he just, there was a lot of loose skin that he doesn't even talk about and that nobody really talks about because that's probably, honestly, the worst part to dampen anybody's weight loss story is talking about something that they hated on top of this great achievement. So we're going to go into kind of talking about loose skin. I didn't deal with it too much. Like I said, I didn't get too crazy lean, um, but I did deal with a little bit right around my waistline. Um, everybody kind of deals with it there, but you were telling me beforehand, even when you competed in your show, you still dealt with some. Yeah, there were, like, mine got so bad for a while that I had a whole flat, like, it would literally flat at the bottom of my stomach. So, it, mm-hmm. like, if you ever watch Click, where he flips his mm-hmm. tongue, the lower abdomen, I'm not, obviously not to that extreme, but it was pretty bad. And it sucked because I'd lose all the weight. And you almost get more self-conscious than when you're big. When you're big, you can just... Sometimes you can pretend like you just own it and it doesn't phase you. You, For periods of times, you can be okay with it. But after putting in all the work, struggling, losing all the weight, and then still looking like shit because you have just this big flap of skin, like I've literally contemplated cutting it off for the longest time because I'm like, it's not just going to go away. So... Once I reached that point, I'm like, dude, I have to figure this out. I looked into a lot of things on how to tighten skin, firm skin. Obviously, being younger helps because as you, when you're younger, your uh, skin plasticity is increased, so it can respond and adapt better over time. So it will tighten up over time. But one of the, I found a couple supplements that were pretty studied to help it. So like things like hyaluronic acid was a big one vitamin c and then just making sure you're properly hydrated so most people aren't hydrated so that's going to be a big issue and then nobody takes um, hyaluronic acid on a normal basis but when you're looking at just purely firming the skin that's a good one and then vitamin c is huge for every function in the body including uh, skin plasticity and then There's one thing that I came across a long time ago, and if you can get a high-potency 
topical gachucola herb. That's probably, they've shown that to be probably one of the best things for uh, firming skin and from a topical aspect. But ingesting it, it would take probably eight or nine months of an accumulative effect before you notice a big difference. Where topically, in about 60 days, they notice big transformations. But there's not gachucola in virtually any topical skin thing. I've actually had people that actually made me a cream. So with gachicola, vitamin C powder, and DMSO to get it to transdermal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's some things you can look into for loose skin. Um, those supplements are a big thing, and then just hydration. Most Hydration is number one, and then adding in the supplements to help with actual skin elasticity, and then time. If, oh, you're yeah. younger, if you're young enough, it'll firm, it'll firm back up over time. But it sucks because you're like, oh, you want got, got to this weight. I want to party, go to the beach, take my shirt off, which I never have that desire. Even yeah. still. But <laughs> yeah, no, that's totally understandable. And for anybody that's out there during, and I mean, right now that's in a weight loss journey or that's trying to lose weight or that's thinking about losing weight. Um, doing it as healthily as possible. I mean, there's a lot of times, especially when we were younger too, at many times through our journeys, we weren't doing the best thing for our bodies. I mean, we were cutting calories like ridiculously, ridiculous amounts just to get down in weight. I was, um, you know, borderline uh, eating disorders at times, just not eating nearly as much as I needed, my body needed to. Um, and then, like you heard my brother's story last week, it was... Uh, he had some really rough moments as well, but obviously losing a lot of weight at a quick amount of time gets unhealthy sometimes. So um, make sure if you are in the middle of a journey or like I said, that's thinking about doing something like that, do it as healthily as possible, but then also take your time. I understand everybody wants right now, like everybody does. Nobody wants to wait a year, two years, three years, but honestly, it's like we were talking you know, in the last podcast. If you look at some of the bodybuilders, how they compete, like some of the Mr. Olympias, these are like this and that. I mean, if you look at them a picture year to year, you can hardly see much difference. Like you can see difference, but you can hardly see much difference. But if you look at them from when they started to now, you can see a gigantic difference. But I guarantee you that time period is within 10 to 15 years. Like it's ridiculous. So the amount of time it takes for them, but they still, I mean, honestly, from the before and after picture, it's still not like a gigantic leap. It's not like from 400 pounds fat to 250 pounds lean solid muscle. Like some people can, but honestly, it takes a lot of time to get down to, especially a really good goal. So um, just take your time with it. Obviously, you do want it now and it's going to come. But it's the grind is a year, two, three, four, five years long. So uh, you just got to make it happen. And this, I guess, the as healthy as you can possibly be, and then also like being able to prolong it as much as possible as well is going to help with any kind of loose skin issues. Because I know a lot of people who do have loose skin issues would, if they could go back and they would be like, well, I do things a little bit differently, a little bit healthier, and instead of losing. You know, a lot of weight quick and then slow, I would just try to do consistently over, you know, the time span that I had and it would help a lot more. So 
that's the biggest piece of advice I have for anybody who's currently in a weight loss journey or about to start one. Um, but for the people who have to deal with it, obviously, like we said, there are supplements that can help you out with it. And then there's, I mean, it's still, like you said, self-conscious about it, but at the same time, uh, be proud about it. I mean, not a lot of people, I mean, you could either still be fat and not have that, or you could be skinny and have that. So <laughs> it's not all that bad, but, um, I know personally several people who went and got the surgery, but, um, a lot of the people who I've talked to, they, they, you have to get surgery in most everywhere. I mean, especially if you're going from a giant weight loss, um, you have to, uh, one person in particular, he had surgery done around his chest area. It looks really good, but then he didn't have enough to do like around his waist. Um, so he only did one area at a time and he's still working on it. But, uh, as of now, he's just got that part. <laughs> so, um, it's a struggle, but like for some people that's, uh, uh, that's just what you have to do. But his was very unhealthy as well. So like I said, there are ways to avoid it. One of the biggest ways is just making sure you do everything correctly and healthily. So... Right, and if you're in the process, start supplementing vitamin C and stuff now just to help with skin health in general. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that'll help just during the process. Let it adapt as you lose the weight instead of losing all the weight and then realize, oh, shit. Exactly. I did not address anything to do with skin. Exactly. So take control of it now. Because it's not going to get any better if you don't and you decide to wait off later. So And nobody thinks about skin when they're yeah, losing weight. Yeah, exactly. I didn't. That's, and that's why we talk about it. Because like I said, that's something that everybody... And nobody talks about it either. I mean, like I said, how many people will go from like, Yeah, it was huge and then I lost a lot of weight. And then they say, but I had all the skin. Nobody says that. <laughs> so, I mean... But like I said, it's a pride thing too. Nobody wants to talk about that because you're doing something great. I mean, you're doing something that not a lot of people can do. So, but take your time with it. Um, we, uh spent basically all day yesterday just on a side note all day yesterday walking around um did a little bit of shopping walked through the malls and stuff and um or two days ago we did but anyway there's a lot of people it's just kind of saddens me how many people are just overweight and you know i try to hang out around you know people like you and then people like at the gym and i'm constantly seeing a lot of people who work hard and you know when you go out to more public places and you see a lot of people who struggle with this stuff it's kind of saddening um just to realize that there are so many of those people out there who just live like that and have you noticed so a lot of those people are almost proud to be overweight and killing themselves like nowadays there's not there's a lot of people overweight that have zero desire to change which i don't care like you should never have to change any of your personality but you should not make yourself diseased and ill (laughs) and i don't think a lot of people understand too it's not a it's like really to us and to anybody to a lot of people out there um i know there's that one crazy trainer who got plastered all over social media because he was just concerned about the looks of everybody but it's not really about the looks even like honestly if you could be 100 percent healthy and weigh 300 pounds i could care less like honestly i don't care how you look i just want you to feel happy in your own body but then also um, you know, you shouldn't be treating your body this poorly. <laughs> your body's suffering too. I mean, it's, uh, if your body could talk and tell you things, it would just cry. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sad. And now it's getting so normal. Like nobody even has a desire to change because everyone's trying to be like, 
oh, you're okay, it's okay to... No, like, stop fucking killing yourself. <laughs> and that's what I mean. Like, it's okay the way you look if you're okay with it, and it's okay if you're happy, then it's fine, but that still doesn't mean that you should be essentially, like you said, killing yourself this way. It's just terrible. Um, and it's sad. It's sad for your body, and it's just, you know, you could feel better, and you will feel better. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like and these I said, are things that will pass down through childbirth, too. Oh, absolutely. So parents are overweight. They've shown now that you put your child at risk, like, from birth. So, like, it's not just about you if you're planning to have a family. And you're causing whatever the shit is happening in this country where yeah. everyone is getting fat and everyone's pretending like it's okay. We're all going to fucking die. Yeah. Like, no. we don't even... Literally, I'm not in the military, never have been. I respect them. Have no desire to do it myself. Literally, I've heard multiple places now say we're not even going to have proper defenses here soon because there's not enough people to pass physically pass to get into the army. Wow! Because we're all fat slobs well. that pretend like it's okay to be fat slobs. Well, if we ever have a draft, we'll be at the top of the list. <laughs> I'm going to get fat again. <laughs> No, but honestly, yeah, you'll feel better. Like we said, it's it's worth it. It really is just the way you feel. So if you're somebody who's contemplating it, like I said, if it's not, um, if it's not, you know, for your self-image and for how you look or for, you know, just for yourself in general, do it for your body. I mean, uh, like you'll feel just night and day different just by changing up a couple things. Like not even change. I'm not talking about doing, you know, straight into a diet and failing and all that jazz. Like you'll feel like crap if you do that, but just change one or two things like honestly that's all it takes to make yourself feel a little bit better and then it becomes almost addictive i mean it becomes you know well if i change this and i feel better what can i do about this and this and uh, like i said as much as i like pizza i've been cutting it back because i know how crappy it makes me feel and i feel better when i don't eat it so i've just been uh yeah it's been one of those things where a, f a fighting battle for myself personally but um <laughs> i feel amazing uh now that i just cut out that meal and do uh, you know more of a keto meal um i just feel really good so and i have been feeling really good lately so like i said it's worth it so for sure well that wraps up all the questions we had today so this will probably be every few episodes where we can do oh yeah absolutely when we gather up some questions we're going to shoot out an episode just kind of covering everything cover it all in depth like we said we'll talk a lot about it but um uh, if anybody has questions, email address headoncollisionpodcast at gmail.com um, and direct message us through our Instagram page, all that good jazz. Um, go follow us, like us up. But, yeah, I think that covers the episode for today. Um, talked about a little bit about the 23andMe DNA test and some of the good benefits it has, um, BCAs versus EAAs, Crohn's and digestion, and then also at the very end, the loose skin and weight loss. So... Um, got some really good questions, all viewer questions or listener questions, I should say. But <clears throat> other than that, any more you want to leave the listeners off with today? That should be it. I feel like we covered some good topics today. All right. Sounds good. You guys take it easy.